Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. God already knows where the boundaries are. He's already established the boundaries. He, and he does really good at that. He does really well at that within our own lives. He, he can set up boundaries within our, our own lives, and it's just really smart of us to trust him within that. Like, let him establish those boundaries. And if you're, you know, if you're feeling, you know, like you, you want a little bit more, you can pray the prayer of Jabez and like, Lord, increase my boundaries, right? And maybe he'll do that. And maybe you won't. Did you know that God establishes boundaries in your life for a reason? Maybe you've been trying really hard to get a job that you want or to have a relationship with someone that your heart desires, but you keep getting denied. That might actually be God putting up a boundary in your life to keep you safe. The relationship might be harmful to you, and that job might keep you away from your family or from God. In today's message, Pastor James is going to remind us that God knows what's best for us, even if we don't agree with him. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Numbers, chapter 34, with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. We need bread for the broken, give some bread to the broken. We need hope for the hopeless, give some hope to the hopeless, hopeless. Bread for the broken, broken. We're in Numbers, so like I said, we're finishing this out, so we're going to be in Numbers 34. We're going to do 34 and 35, and you might think, well, wait a minute, there's 36 chapters. We already did 36. If you weren't here, that was like four weeks ago. We, uh, we already went through chapter 36 because it tied into a story that precedes what we're going to go through with 34 and 35. Verse 1, chapter 34, says, the Lord spoke to Moses, give these instructions to the Israelites. When you come into the land of Canaan, again, that's, a, that's another type of promise, when you come into the land of Canaan, like it's going to happen. Okay, so just do it, right? When you come into the land of Canaan, which I'm giving you as your special, special possession, these will be the boundaries. The southern portion of your country will extend to, uh, from the wilderness of Zin all along the edge of Edom. The southern boundary will begin at the, on the east of the Dead Sea, and it will run south past Scorpion Pass. I like that. New Living Translation. Scorpion Pass. Yours may say the ascent of Akrabim, I think is how you say that, but Scorpion Pass just sounds so much cooler. Anyways, probably a lot of scorpions there, I guess, but in the direction of Zin. It says its southernmost point will be Kadesh Barnea. From there, it will go to Hazar Adar and on to Asmon. From Asmon, the boundary will turn toward the brook of Egypt and at the end of the Mediterranean Sea. God's doing these guys a, a, just a solid by saying, hey, when you get in there, you don't have to worry about what land is yours, because I'm going to tell you from here to here. And they didn't have professional surveyors with all their cool equipment and all that. So God's just like, yeah, from that city to that body of water, that's the, that's the southern part of it, right? So he's mapping this out for the leaders just so they know. And this is all yours, can be. If you claim it, if you actually go in and possess it, it can be. Will it be for them? No, not really. Not really, okay? We'll see that in a second. But it's, it's all been made available, and the Lord knows how to go before you, and he knows how to go before me, and he knows how to establish our boundaries. And then it's really up to us on if we're going to actually believe him 
and go in and take hold of what he's laid a hold of before us, so to speak. That's like on, that's on us. That's our responsibility. God's like, I've done the work. I've laid this out. I've laid hold of these things. Philippians chapter 2, I believe it is. I've laid, yeah, I've laid hold of this stuff for you. Now you got to, are you going to come with me? Are you going to trust me? Are you going to go clear out the land of all the nuisances and all that stuff? And it's up to you and I whether or not we're going to do that. The same thing for the children of Israel. But God's like, let me tell you the boundaries. This land is, does belong to you. So the, the western boundary will be the coastline of the Mediterranean Sea. That was verse 6. Verse 7, your northern boundary will begin at the Mediterranean Sea and run east of Mount Hor, then to Labo Hamath and through Zedad and Zephron of Hazor Enan. I'm going to, trust me, there's more names to come that I'm just going to butcher. This will be your northern boundary. So he's like, far south, the west, the west is easy. Mediterranean Sea, you can't go any, any further west than that right now. So all that, all, and then it goes, runs all the way up. And then again, he's, he's naming these geographic locations that they would identify and they would know of like, okay, so from the sea to here, that's, that's also part of our land, okay? God's mapping it out for them. All they got to do is just trust him and go and find the locations. That's all you got to do. Just trust them and then go into the land, okay? So the, that's the northern boundary. The eastern boundary will start at Hazar Enan and run south to Shafan and then down to Ribla and on the east side of Ain, if that's how you say that. From there, the boundary will run down along the eastern edge of the Sea of Galilee and then along the Jordan River to the Dead Sea. These are the boundaries of your land. So, but God already had the plan. And he didn't need Moses because Moses isn't going into the promised land. He didn't need Joshua and Caleb to like, okay, help me figure out where the boundaries are. God already knows where the boundaries are. He's already established the boundaries. He, and he does really good at that. He does really well at that within our own lives. He, he can set up boundaries within our, our own lives. And it's just really smart of us to trust him within that. Like, let him establish those boundaries. And if you're, you know... If you're feeling, you know, like you, you want a little bit more, you can pray the prayer of Jabez and like, Lord, increase my boundaries, right? And maybe he'll do that. And maybe you won't because maybe he's like, no, all you can handle is this, okay? You might want this, but all you can handle is this. We just trust the Lord. And one good lesson from this, even just simple outlining of boundaries and all that good stuff, we, we just trust the Lord that he already knows, he already knows. You, you're, we're not waiting on him to figure out anything. He already knows all things. Number two, boundaries and borders are good. <laughs> I'll just say that. Um, it's really good. It's really good. It's a, it's a good distinction of like, this land belongs to Israel. What, what, how the determining factor of that is, well, borders. That's what determines a sovereign nation. I don't know if you know that in this land that we now live in, where things get a little blurry. But it's good. It's a good, clear distinction of like, this is what God has promised you. This is what he's given you. Stay, and, and that's what I have for you, right? So no, I'm not going to get political or anything like that. Um, some of you guys are getting little smirks on your faces. Hey, I just, borders are good things. That's all I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> that seems like that's a common sense thing to me, but I guess it's not anymore. Whatever. Look, I'm all for people wanting to go through the proper processes and become citizens, I'm all for that. 
Praise God for that. Let's do that. I'm not for people breaking the law, so I'm just not for that, okay? I would think our government would be that. No, okay. Anyways, crazy, crazy world we live in. God knows how in your life, he just knows how to go ahead of you and map it all out for you. He just does. And it's best to trust him. Like I've, in my walk with Jesus, there's been many times where I'm like, I want to go in and I want to map out my life. And the Lord's like, well, have fun with that, but I'll be here when you come to your senses and you realize that you really can't do that. And then you can come back to me and trust that I already have a plan for you. I already have a plan for you. And what would be good for the nation of Israel and what would be good for you and I in our relationship with Jesus is to trust his plan and be content with his plan. I don't need more land. I just need to appreciate the, the, the plot you've given me, God. Okay? I, my, my flesh wants more, but I really just need to learn to be satisfied with what he's given me. And for each nation or for each tribe within the nation of Israel, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. I think that's in the Bible somewhere. It's not. Um, but, you know, your tribe's small. Well, you get this small portion of land, but it's perfectly suited for you. Your tribe's really big, then you get this bigger portion of land, and it's perfectly suited for you. Wherever you're at with your relationship with the Lord and his plans for you, what you have from him is perfectly suited for you. Just appreciate it. Just appreciate it. I always go back to the sobering reality that I can't believe he trusts me with anything. Like, I know me. I can't believe he trusts me with anything. That's the miracle of all miracles. I'm like, they even give me like just the house on the block is like, whoa, Lord, do you know what you're doing? Are you sure about this? Right? He's like, I know. I know. I know who you are. Just take what I have for you and just be satisfied. Just be satisfied. So the Lord is really good. He's really good to the children of Israel. All the complaining, all the rebellion, all the stuff, he still maps out a a special place for them. It's kind of cool. He never gave up on them. He didn't give up on them. He, He had to discipline the nation, and he went silent for that nation for quite a while, but he's still not done with the nation of Israel, okay? So he goes on to the rest of this chapter. Moses told the Israelites, verse 13, this territory, this territory is the homeland you are to divide among yourselves by sacred lot. The Lord has commanded that the land be divided among the nine and a half remaining tribes. The families of the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and half tribe of Manasseh have already received their grants of land. They were on the east side there. It says on the east side of the Jordan River, across from Jericho toward the sunrise, right? So to the east. And the Lord says to Moses, Eliezer the priest and Joshua son of Nun are the, are the men designated to divide the grants of land among the people. Enlist one leader from each tribe to help them with the task. These are the tribes and the names of the leaders. So you got Judah and the representative for Judah is Caleb, right? So it's Caleb son of Jephunneh. I don't know how you say his name, but it's Caleb. It's the only Caleb you know in the Bible, okay? It's that guy, right? Caleb and Joshua. From Simeon, you have Shemuel, 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 I don't know how to say his name, and son of Amahud. You got Benjamin, 
Eliad, or from the tribe of Benjamin, you have Eladad, son of Kishlon. From Dan, you have Bukai, or Buki, Bukai probably, son of Jogli. Manasseh, son of Joseph, you have Heniel, son of Ephod. Ephraim, son of Joseph. Kemuel, son of Shiptan. Zebulun, you have Elizaphan, son of Harnak. And Issachar, Paltiel, son of Azen. Asher, Ahihud, <laughs> that's a hard one, um, son of Shalomai, and then from Naphtali, you have Perachel, son of Amahud, all right? So there you go. You got from each tribe, you got one person and their responsibility with Joshua and with Eliezer the priest, because from here on, it's no longer just Joshua, so to speak. He is the leader, but it's always partnering him with Eliezer the high priest, okay? So with their leadership, all these guys are going to go together and they're going to go and map out, so to speak, will bring to life or realization the plan that God has already stated. Okay? So God's going to use these men from these tribes to divide out the land. It says, verse 29, these are the men the Lord has appointed to divide the grants of land in Canaan among the Israelites. All right. So there's a plan. And God's working ahead of him, and he already has, the Lord already knows how he's going to have this divided out. And the commission is to go and take possession of the land. Sadly, they would not lay hold of everything that God had set aside for them. They just wouldn't. They would not be fully obedient and drive out all the inhabitants of the land. And because of that, what God had warned them of, only a couple of chapters prior to this one, was that these, the, the guys who were still occupying parts of the land would become thorns in their flesh, thorns in their side. So if you don't want to eliminate all the Philistines, they're going to cause you problems later on down the road. Now, by faith, have I fully taken a hold of all that Christ has taken hold of for me or promised me or granted for me through his death, burial, and resurrection? This is a good personal application question for each and every one of us. Are there still pockets within me that I haven't ever, that I haven't addressed? So for the children of Israel, there were still pockets within the land of enemies that were going to cause them to compromise. Have you claimed all that you have, that all that's been made available to you in Christ Jesus? Now, that takes like a, a claiming of that. And I'm not talking about like a name it and claim it kind of a thing. I'm talking about like a surrendering to Jesus as your Lord and Savior fully. Not salvation-wise in one sense. Yes, that is a part of it. But I'm talking about like beyond salvation, the process of sanctification, where it's like, Lord, search me. See if there be any way inside of me that ought not to be. Or am I holding on to stuff that I should not be holding on to? Or uh, in, this, in this house, is there a room, is there a closet inside of me that I'm stashing away stuff or I'm hiding stuff that isn't honoring to you? I haven't driven those things out. We have to ask ourselves these questions. Is there any pockets of resistance in my life that would draw me away from Jesus? You got to trust him, embrace him, full surrender, and just, man, Lord, clean house. Just clean house. And, and do it again tomorrow. Because I got this tendency 
to like open up the back door, so to speak, and be like, yeah, you know, things are good. Like, let's just open the windows. And then the flesh just, just comes right on in. You're like, no, I want, that, I want that done away with. It's a daily thing. It's a daily thing. I want my mind to be renewed daily, daily. Children of Israel, didn't, they didn't grab hold of all that God had, had given or provided for them. They just didn't. And it would cost them. It would cost them down the road. And it's a, just a good lesson for you and I to learn. Just give them access to your life. Like, search me, know me, Lord, if there be any, like I said, any wicked way inside of me. Like, just reveal it so I can own it, confess it, like, and turn from it. So that, that would be my encouragement from, from chapter 34 is like, man, there's, there's a promise of rest. I think that's my, my uh, cross-reference here, Hebrews chapter 4. I wrote down a cross-reference. I didn't put why, but now it's coming to my brain of like, why? Let me read this verse to you. Hebrews 4.11 says this, so let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fail. Let me read the verses prior to that. Talking about the children of Israel going into the promised land, there was a warning for the believers in the New Testament times and for us today concerning this rest that God has promised. So verse 9 of Hebrews 4 says, So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God, for all who entered into God's rest have rested from their labors just as God did after creating the whole world. Then the, the admonition, verse 11 is, So let us do our best, you and I, like go into the promised land, lay hold of all that which Christ has made available to you. Like, and, and, and I can tell you this, what I know from Ephesians chapter one, it's a lot of stuff. All the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places, like that's what's made available to you. I don't even know what that means. And that's, Ephesians is like one of my favorite books of all time. And I've studied through that chapter many times. I've read the Greek of that. I have no clue what that's talking about. Other than all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms have been made available to you because you're his kid. So what am I missing out on? In my walk with Jesus, like, that's, I, I think that's going to be one of those things in heaven where he's like, what's that, what's that big pile over there, Jesus? Oh, that's all the blessings and stuff you just missed out on in life. What's that small pile? Those are the ones you realize. Those are the ones you grabbed hold of. I'm like, oh, man, I kind of, wow, I kind of missed out on a lot. And he's like, yeah, you know, you did. But probably most people have as well. There's a lot that's made available to you and I in Christ Jesus that I don't think we fully understand. There's a lot of freedom that's there that I don't think we fully understand because, well, sin's kind of fun at times, right? Sin is pleasurable for a season. The Bible's very honest about it, and it does say just a season. So you got this battle, flesh versus spirit, and Romans talks all about this. And the whole time Jesus is like, I have all this for you. Just knock off that stuff and come lay hold of the things that I've already set aside for you. Enter the promised land. Go into the land, clear out all the enemies, and you'll have peace. You don't clear out all the enemies, you're going to have problems. I think that's a, a really good application for believers living today. Enter into this relationship, this rest with Jesus, and deal with the flesh. Deal with it. Just own it. Whatever enemy's in there, just deal with it, Okay. Don't be like the nation of Israel where they didn't fully deal with it and they never really truly had peace.
peace that God had promised for them. I mean, they were battling from day one. And then they were compromising. And, and all you have to do is just read a couple of chap- or a couple of books beyond numbers and you get into, you well, I mean, Joshua has it all recorded for us, but I'm thinking specifically of Judges, that amazing book in the Old Testament, which is kind of one of my favorite ones, but it's just a cycle of sin. It's compromise and then it's bondage and then finally crying out to God and he sends somebody to rescue them. And then the cycle repeats itself and cycle... That shouldn't be my Christian walk and experience, nor should it be yours. There is a great judge who has shown up and set, or made at least made freedom available, and his name is Jesus. I don't need a Samson. I don't need a Gideon. I don't need any of those dudes. I got Jesus. And the freedom that he's made available to us is like lasting freedom. So we can learn a lot from the children of Israel. Let's just lay hold of the promises that he has set out before us, enter into that land, clear out the enemy, enjoy some peace, and just enjoy what Jesus has for you. Be satisfied with that. Now, within the land, you have all these, all the tribes get a spot. We already know because we've gone through Exodus, we've gone through Leviticus, and specifically within Leviticus, but in, in even up through Numbers, we, we already know the Levites get no land, Okay. They're not going to get their own plot of land, but they have to live somewhere. And so God is going to designate within each of the tribes that the Levites will have towns of their own, right? So that's all, chapter 35 talks about this. And then we'll get into cities of refuge. But verse 1 of 35, it says, while Israel was camped beside the Jordan on the plains of Moab across from Jericho, the Lord said to Moses, command the people of Israel to give to the, to the Levites from their property certain towns to live in, along with surrounding pasture lands. These towns will be for the Levites to live in, and the surrounding lands will provide pasture for their cattle, flocks, and other livestock. The pasture land assigned to the Levites around these towns will extend 1,500 feet from the town walls in every direction, measure off 3,000 feet outside the, the town walls in every direction, east, south, west, north, with the town at the center. This area will serve as a larger, larger pasture land for the towns. So as Israel is camped up on the side, on the, the eastern side of the Jordan River, God is bringing them into a really just kind of a contractual agreement that when they get into the land, they are going to set aside cities or towns for the Levites to live in, okay? Now, most of your, your people, they have they don't even know what their land looks like. So they have to, by faith, they, they really have to agree with God of like, okay, when we get there, we're going to carve out a, a special section for the Levites because they, no, they own no, no property. So we're going to go ahead and do that. And they agreed to that. And the Lord's going to, he's going to make sure that he's taking care of the Levites because they've dedicated their lives to serving him. So God's got them taken care of, but he's going to use the people to take care of the Levites. And that's how it goes, right? Because their one job is really just to serve, serve the people by serving the Lord. So the people should take care of the Levites and provide them with land. And, you know, really, it's not that big of uh, an area of land if you, if you look at it. You've 
You've been listening to Bread for the Broken, a radio broadcast ministry of Calvary Galveston in Galveston, Texas. Pastor James Grizzle has been teaching through the Book of Numbers. This is one of many messages found at breadforthebroken.com. So if you missed a portion of it today, we hope that you'll take the time to listen to it in its entirety. The website again is breadforthebroken.com. We understand that your minutes are precious to you and you have other obligations to fulfill. So why not listen on the go through our Facebook live stream? Or better yet, if you're in Galveston, Texas, on business or vacation, why don't you stop in to see what we're all about? If you enjoy a laid-back feel, then this is the place for you. Come worship Jesus while spending time with other believers at one of our two services, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. or Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. We'd love to meet you and encourage you in your walk with Christ. Do you ever feel like you want to be a part of something bigger, but you're unsure of how or what that is? Here at Bread for the Broken, we want to help everyone find hope and new life in Jesus Christ. So we're curious if you'd team up with us to reach as many as possible. On our website, breadforthebroken.com, there's a place for you to donate to this ministry. We simply ask that you pray about it and follow the Lord's leading, whatever that might be. Thanks again for spending part of your day with us today. Tune in again next time to spend time in God's Word with Pastor James Grizzle here on Bread for the Broken.